0: Hey everyone, Eric Watson here, freelance writer, player of games, writer of words, recorder videos, and a tabletop role-playing aficionado. Welcome to the DM Roundtable for September 2021. This is a chance for patrons and I to get together and discuss topics in tabletop RPGs, and by sharing our ideas, thoughts, and experiences, we can all become better DMs or GMs. The DM Roundtable discussions are open to all patrons at every level of patreon.com slash roguewatson. You don't even have to be an active participant. You can jump in here and lurk to your heart's content, we are glad to have you. This month's topic as determined by the Patreon poll is new players. The hobby is always going to have new players cycling in, yet D&D 5th Edition has proven to be incredibly popular with a huge influx of first-time players, whether they are first to 5th Edition, first to D&D, or even first to tabletop RPGs in general. How do we make these players feel welcome and ease them into our campaigns? Or what about those who have played before but are new to our table, our worlds, and our rules? Joining me for this month's DM Roundtable, we have the Fireworks Factory. Hello. Jordan. Hey, guys. Stan. Hello. Corey. Hi guys. And Tiny. Hello. Tiny, I'm going to start with you because it's been a while since I've heard you on a DM (laughs) Roundtable. Great. It's because I showed up last. <laughs> That's right. Give me Perhaps. your <laughs> uh give me your initial thoughts on and if you have any uh experience with integrating new players at your table. Yeah,
1: I, I do. Uh it's been a minute, but um I have run a bunch of campaigns on Roll 20, um, recruited new players and have, you know, tips for recruitment and stuff, but probably the the biggest thing I would say is that um, it, it's when you bring in a new player, um, you know, it, you got to understand that this player may not work out for you and be open to give them the boot. Mm. So do you do, my, a, any kind of do you do any kind of trial?
0: Do you do like a trial period or something like that first?
1: Well, I kind of do um, in running smaller short you know almost like one shoddy campaigns just to like bring in new people and play with them and get a feel for whether or not i like them okay and then if i do i invite them back or sometimes just going out and joining a campaign um I'll, I'll find some people that way too other players so it's just important that when you bring in a new player that you have an
0: exit strategy. <laughs> that's all right. You took it to the extreme end of the, uh, <laughs> the pessimistic point of view, but that's an important one to have. <laughs> yep. Make sure you know when to drop them. Yep. Uh, Corey,
2: please tell me your experiences with new players and advice. Well, I'm trying to think. The last time I had a new player join a campaign was pre COVID, mm-hmm. um, and it was a uh, a guy I've played with for years, about 20 years. Uh, one of his coworkers, uh, decided she'd, uh, try playing with us. But like I said, our group has been playing together for, well, since I was in high school and that was an awful long time ago. <laughs> um, and for a while, she showed up on the regular and it seemed like she was having fun. And it turned out she was looking for more of a critical role experience than, than what my group was playing. And, uh, decided that uh my combat heavy uh several year campaign thing didn't really work for her and she went and left uh we tried to be inclusive and we were disappointed when she left but uh it was understandable she was looking for something more acting and you know a little, little less uh combat heavy and uh well, unfortunately with our group being playing together for so long, it, it just didn't work out.
0: Sure, I mean that—that's definitely you know every group has as the thing that they want to do and different expectations exist. I I wonder how how many new players are being drawn in from specifically like Critical Role when they see uh, which <laughs> people forget those are you know professional actors also. <laughs> A
2: lot of, mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm.
0: most people sitting around the table, uh, you know, you you can have the camaraderie and stuff, but you're probably not going to have the level of like dedication to role playing and and everything that they do. Um, but that being said you, you can also run into tables and groups who you know have entire sessions where they never roll dice for example and they love that you know they just want to role play they want to meet people they want to talk um or to the other extreme you have people that uh just want to dungeon crawl right they just want to treat it like the the war game simulator that it is and neither of those are necessarily wrong or bad or correct uh but you know certainly different expectations can exist and that's that's a very good point to have is that's not that's nobody's i think at fault there um you know somebody had different expectations for what they thought the the game was going to be and and you had a different one in mind and that's probably yeah. part of the problem with you know the the fact that i assume she joined like you know in the middle of you know there wasn't like a session zero well, yeah. or something there yeah know?
2: in medias res yeah it, wasn't, yeah. Uh, there, it was. Middle of the campaign, and like I said, with a group of guys that I've been playing with for years and years, and she found out that her boss was playing D and D, and she had one way of playing D and D in her mind, and I think uh, the combat-heavy dungeon crawly group that we had just didn't fit her uh, her idea of how D and D should be and whatnot. So sure, I I hope she can find a group. Yeah, sorry, I said I hope she can find a group that's that's more. Yeah, actually. I should ask him. I don't know if uh, if she did find another group or not.
0: Uh, Stan, what are your initial uh, thoughts and experiences with new players?
3: Um, well, I was, my experience has been people found out that I played way back in the early 80s, you know, first and second edition, and walked away from it for 20-some years. And uh, my life, I, I'm surrounded by a bunch of, uh, with my career and everything, I'm surrounded by a bunch of 20-somethings. Found out I used to play. Hey, can you teach us how to play? Hmm. Well, 5th edition came out. Apparently, I'm learning 5th edition now. And I've <laughs> taught about 25 people how to play in the last five years.
0: Right, right, that'll make um, you real yeah. good with the rules.
3: <laughs> um, well, I, I start off kind of a little bit loose on the rules. of it's, I found it, especially with like, I call them kids, Younger players, (laughs) um, they're used to playing video games where everything is very tightly controlled. Mm -hmm. And you throw out, hey, what would you like to do? Well, what are my options? What would you like to do? (laughs) And you start seeing heads explode or some people lean into it and go, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they come up with some amazing creative stuff. So um, it's always telling them it's like you can do whatever you want my job's just to enforce the consequences
0: do you do you enjoy that do you enjoy uh introducing all these new players and it it sounds like you uh you know enjoy imparting that like basically teaching like how to tabletop rpg in that case
3: yeah i absolutely love it the craziest one was i taught nine people at one time
0: Um, oh boy i
3: had had, (laughs) I had a group coming in. They all came, they came to my house right when things opened up from COVID. So I had nine people in my house. They saw my game room and went, hey, what's this?
0: Three hours later, I've got nine people. You have to paint a picture of this game room for me.
3: I have a custom-made uh, game table with a vault. It's about four foot by seven foot. Um, we call it the Larry Elmore exhibit. I've got my game map of the Sword Coast uh, framed on the wall. With about nine or ten different Larry Elmore prints, all signed and framed around my around me right now.
2: Is that um, I, love, I love Larry Elmore?
0: Larry yeah, Elmore. this is the fa- this is the fantasy artist who did like Dragonlance covers and like Forgotten Realms. The Dragonlance book, okay, the original yeah. Dragonlance I mean,
3: books, and the red box. He's red the box reason I played D and D. Yeah,
0: yeah, very um, classic uh, fantasy yep. artwork. Yep. yep, yep. Good stuff.
1: I'm with you, Stan. <laughs>
0: I, I love I love those nerd caves, man. Just walking in and just seeing those—it's they're always so cool.
3: <laughs> it's a great recruiting thing for people to play. You come over to my house, the you know, hang out on the patio, and they see that they have to walk through the game room, and it's like, hey, you want to play?
0: Immersive, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jordan, tell me your experiences with new players. Um,
4: I was new to D and D at five D, so for yeah. me, I was a new player. And there was a lot of times where, as we were all kind of learning the rules, some of the people weren't happy with the way that things were going. So I was just like, well, screw it. I'll learn how to do it. And so I just dived head in into the DM chair. And since then, whenever I get new players, coming from their perspective, I love the fact of having as many homebrew what do you want to do sort of situations as possible so when my players will run sideways off of the story i think that's fun when they want to create when they're saying they're going i want to be a succubus and everyone around the table goes... That seems like I a red flag. <laughs> I, go, I go, okay, well, let's go online and see if there was something from a previous edition or from a different RPG and let's figure it out. So it's... I think with new players, if you can get the type of people that are committed to show up and you can engage them in such a way that they want to come back because they're doing something that they haven't ever done before, whether it's Fighting new monsters that you pulled out of the newest books, or whether it's introducing it to a sibling that has never done it before. Uh, Mark is in one of my games, Tiny is, and my brother showed up to the play for Game, the very right? first time. Yep, Icewind Dale. And when my brother was just barely starting, it was his first full length campaign that he was starting to do, and life cut up with him and he had to leave. But before that, Everybody loved having him there because it was that new player experience where everything was new, brand things brand new things would happen. He didn't know what the abilities of monsters were and Mm. everything else. And that's something that people tend to lose the longer they play. But if you can alter things or create new things or you never just use what comes out of the box, you never lose that, that initial feel of surprise trying to figure out a puzzle whether that puzzle is how the heck do we beat this thing this thing doesn't exist what is this so i've been trying to hold on to that as long as i can
0: that's that's a really good point about uh new players having that fresh experience i think i think metagaming could probably be a separate dm roundtable topic in of itself but something that's very hard to separate from experienced players even if your experience is only a couple years like mine is um, you tend to just kind of know what a lot of monsters can do. I mean, and obviously there's, you know, DMs can take a, you know, goblin, give it a different different weapon or even different abilities or something. But you might have a general idea of like, you know, how strong an orc is versus how strong a werewolf is versus how bad a gelatinous cube is, and and that kind of thing. Just, you know, you can still role play your character like, oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna run up and try to stab it. You know, but in their mind, they're thinking, oh, fuck. (laughs) And it's whereas a player can genuinely, a a new player can genuinely have those fresh new experiences. And that can be uh, very refreshing. Yes, very refreshing. I could definitely see that. Uh, Fireworks Factory, give me your experiences and thoughts on new players. Well, my experience with it, uh, I've
5: tried to draw on. My uh, experience from being a, a teacher in the past, so trying to uh, uh, allow people to understand how this game works, uh, reminds me of doing that. So uh, being patient with new players, whether it's understanding the rules or, uh, you know, getting into the role-playing is uh, something to keep in mind um i would also say keeping things try to keep things as simple as possible uh if you try to inundate a new player with all of the rules and mechanics and everything it could be you know for one very confusing for them um and also you know potentially turn them off from the game so trying to keep things as simple as possible uh and also try to uh, encourage them to describe what their character is doing. Um, I find that uh, uh, tends to uh, get them increasingly more involved in the game as it progresses, um,
0: during combat or just all well, the time?
5: Uh, 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 all the time, uh, depending on the you know whether it's combat or or exploration, or things like that. Uh, also, having others who have played the game uh, in the past, having at least one other player who has had experience playing in the game, uh, playing the game in the party, also is uh, a big help. I find.
0: Yeah, that's very true. I mean, teaching is a skill, you know, and it's you would hope that DMs could would be, or the GM would be adept at teaching, but some are. Better than others at teaching the game. Um, has anybody specifically used like the Quick Start rules and uh, like to use Fifth Edition as an example, like Lost Mind of Fendover, like the Starter or or the the Spire one, like to specifically to teach new players?
6: Sure, I think it, it's when
4: I was first trying to do like one shots. The goblin encounter in the very first one out of Lost Minds of Fandelver mm-hmm. is a great example of, okay, this is how combat works. Very simple, very easy, very basic. Um, but on top of that, once you start going into it, I like running both at the same time. Icewind Dale, not Icewind Dale. Uh, Lost Minds of Fan Delver oh, and up. and yes, and the uh, Drag Spice Fire Peach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it gives them the option of saying, "Okay, these are the two different ways that we can run the story. We can have it be where it's very, very linear, or it's open world. And when it becomes open world, suddenly they are forced to make choices." So it's, I've used it as a
0: way to sort of teach a variety of different things, and to find out with which method your players like maybe too, because I know yeah. a lot of groups probably would enjoy an open world format where they could literally just you know Skyrim style go to different places. Uh, I don't think my group specifically would enjoy that, and and plus we play on a virtual tabletop, which means. I can't just pull stuff out of my ass if they want to go different places. Like I gotta sit there and spend, you know, time putting maps together and putting tokens together. I almost think of it more like a like a Gloomhaven board game, basically, where it's like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this box, but you're still only using the stuff in the box. You know, I'm not pulling things out of it. Uh, in terms of like, yeah, I'll give you some branching paths occasionally. You can choose to do, and and eventually maybe you'll have like, you know, like in Gloomhaven, you might have eight different scenarios you can play. But those are the ones you're not going to play. You're not going to turn around and just try to find another one. Although in that game you could randomly generate a dungeon. But anyway, um, so yeah, having uh, having that choice would be interesting.
1: <laughs> I learned uh, how to play and DM using L L MOP. So I mean. It, it was a great, great adventure, and that's the one I
3: recommend for
1: any new player or new DM is, is go through that one.
3: I turned that into a five-year campaign. Um, wow. Lo- oh. Lost Minds Lost of Final over and then when Icefire came out, I started adding that to it, and the guys turned it into a barony, and we ran all kinds, you know, just kept upscaling different side quests um those kind of things and yeah and then when my family started playing i taught um five of my family members how to play and they're the junior varsity of that baron <sighs> so they're they're now uh they do missions um that the barons are too they're too high level to deal with these threats yeah, yeah. The so you, guys <laughs> go, yeah you guys go take care of this now i love so, it that's um, cool
0: yeah, You've so you got your own D and D cinematic universe where the all the events exist together. But these are the smaller team. These are like the street was, level I team.
3: Was, I <laughs> was actually running three different campaigns in the same timeline in in sort in the in the coast, wow. uh, sword oh. coast. So every they would hear like bards would come through town telling tales of what the other uh, other campaign was <laughs> doing. So.
0: And yeah, I was gonna say you could like cross promote like uh, events that are happening from one to another. Another
4: another campaign that I use to do with new players is Acquisitions Incorporated,
6: and the Mm -hmm. reason
4: why is because they have you wouldn't even need to do the campaign if you didn't want to, but there's a aspect to it in the book where it has unique roles, and those roles kind of foster explain what most uh, teams would have as party dynamics. So there's someone that takes care of documenting everything. There's someone that takes care of the loot. There's someone that does something else. So depending on what level of experience they have, there's stuff out there to really kind of hit whatever you're looking
0: I had forgot, I I reviewed that uh, the Ack Inc. 5e book years ago and I remember really, really liking it and I, I've, been, I've been a fan of uh, that group which is the one that probably most closely aligns uh, like thematically and narratively to my group and, and player wise um, personalities uh, and I remember really enjoying that I mean, I, I like that you know I like their humor and that content um, and yeah, that would I, I remember really enjoying that book quite a bit, and what, yeah, what what Jordan's talking about is uh, the the party roles like the documancer, like they all have funny names, uh, but essentially mm-hmm. you're like working for a a corporation, <laughs> like a business, yep. uh, instead of like a you know an adventurers guild or something. And it kind of divvies out all these uh, roles to the players. which I believe do you do you actually have like mechanical abilities based on those things also? Yes. Yeah, you get
4: mechanical abilities, and you also get loot. Yeah,
0: yeah, that is a, that's a cool feature.
4: And the loot actually levels up with
0: you, which is a fun mechanic as well. And that's a level, is that a level one adventure also? Is that like Fandelver uh, or something?
4: It, it runs you right through Fandelver, actually. Okay. Um, I believe it's one through, I think about eight. Yeah. Eight or ten. Um, ten might even be too high. I think it's probably five or eight.
6: Yeah.
0: How many of you, um, were DM'd before you played.
6: Hmm. I did. Not me. I was.
0: I was a player first. Uh, Tiny, were you? Were you the one that said I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I DM'd before, before I played. Interesting. How did that experience go? Um, it was really rough but I assume the other players was, were all new as
1: well. Cause why it, would you? <laughs> it, yeah. And it was, it, and it was my family and my kids were a lot younger than, I mean, mm. literally like, like fourth and fifth grade and stuff. So
6: yeah. it
1: was rough in a variety of ways, but, <laughs> um, but it, it, I, I just learned by watching a lot of videos, um, of people DMing, um, even yours, of course. And, uh, and so as you guys struggled through it, I, I mean, I encourage people to walk, to sit who are new to D and D to actually sit and listen through, you know, your, your, your LMOP game, because you guys are going through and you're struggling the rules. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of how you learn too, is you just, you're, you're sitting at a table struggling through the rules and, and you know, those conversations are actually
0: valuable if you're, you know, New the rules so god i still remember mm-hmm. trying to come up with fog cloud rules that i just couldn't i, oh, I was just fucking yes. making shit up and it was so bad <laughs> and you guys must have gone through the jump rules about 10
1: times in that
0: campaign oh, <laughs> how do you jump
1: what's the jump rules
0: we yeah. still we still have to look up the jump rules we're just idiots i think i don't know what it is nah, nah, just, i need a sticky yeah. note somewhere which yeah. which which should be uh comforting to folks who are learning the game and and intimidated by it like I and I'm raising my hand right now. I've been playing D and D, and it is all documented online for uh, I don't know five or six years now. And uh, I forget rules all the time. Like I miss stuff all the time. I screw things up. Like it is. It happens. And it's you know there's a lot going on. There's a lot to keep track of. And you know the important thing is is everybody having fun? You know that's the biggest. And, and sometimes I might even miss a rule on purpose you know, maybe I'm not running a monster like I should, or I'm not, you know, doing all the things I should. Because in the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh, this just gonna take up time. Let's just, let's just move ahead and go forward. Uh, you know, in the in sense of just keeping things fun and keeping things moving. I don't need to necessarily get in the nitpicky of, of everything all the time, which is liberating in, you know, a tabletop RPG where you can just adjudicate that. Yeah. Uh, where were you Going saying, back, Corey? All right, go ahead, Stan.
3: I was gonna say, I started on the red box so when that came out, I read it cover to cover two or three times. Got grabbed a bunch of my buddies and I started DMing um, because that's how we learned to play. And I DM for about four or five years before I ever got to play the game
5: uh-huh. as a player. So I always player, hear that.
0: DMing. Yeah, I'm glad you finally got to play at some point. But that that's funny. <laughs> I guess you know that also means you were a very good DM though, because like you nobody know, wanted to rotate out. Like no, 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 you can keep doing it. I think
3: it's because I own the books. I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's also a very good point. Yeah, so I, uh, I, I asked that because um, obviously, you know, everybody was a new player at some point. Technically, you, you played your first game at some point, but especially like in Stan's point of view, like by the time you were a player, you already absolutely knew, you know, for the most part, what you were doing, you know, probably even more than a lot of players have been playing that long.
3: That's how I got to play is that no one wanted to play a caster because – being a wizard or a cleric back in first and second edition was work it wasn't fun for a lot for a lot of people
2: well you were squishy yeah here's your two and hit points
1: so squishy here's your two hit points in bathrobe good luck d4 two
2: hit points my i rolled my magic spell and it's uh and it's not anything useful it's detect magic or something yeah yeah, yeah.
3: i cast magic missile i'm done for the I'm day done for the day um, <laughs> just carve me around I'm please out. Um, and that's how I ended up playing. Is that no one in, none of the guys at the table wanted to play a caster? And we started playing Dragonlance. And it's like, I can play Raceland. So it's like, all right, guys, make uh, you a deal. I'll play both Goldman and Raceland tonight. Someone has to DM and I'll show you how to do this. After <laughs> that, everybody wanted to play a caster.
0: Okay. So you had to teach everybody by being a player.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah. So by the time I was, uh, a player for the first time. We'd already played through uh Lost Mine and Prince's. And then by the time I was a player, I felt pretty confident to obviously be able to play the game and even multi-class because all my characters have to be multi-class disasters. <laughs> so I didn't have the, I didn't necessarily have that perspective of being a, a new player, but I did have the perspective of being a new DM, which I was yeah, absolutely learning rules you know, as we were playing it playing it uh you know on video for the most part uh what else about new players so let's talk about more about um introducing new players uh to the table i know uh tiny spoke about that um i want yeah let me
1: just put one
0: little caveat on mine is that (laughs) there's a little difference between
1: a new player with experience who i'll I won't hesitate to boot if they create like any kind of bad dynamic to the game. Um, But a new player that is new to D and D I I would not do that. That's a good point. um, Unless there was like some sort of really some other personal issue that they're bringing. Um, But yeah it's not out of impatience or anything like that that I would boot a a player because they're
0: new to the game or learning yeah i i I understood what you mean but i'm I'm glad you clarified um not a douche (laughs) 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 that's our motto um yeah Yeah, i mean uh, yeah obviously you want to have patience with people who are new And, and sometimes they may understand the rules but they may not be you know, as yeah. comfortable with, with uh, role playing or speaking up, yep. you know, and stuff like that. And maybe they, they want you to engage them a lot, or maybe they don't, you know, there's people that show up to the first day of class and, you know, for a school analogy and you don't want the fucking teacher to call on you, right? You just want to keep your head down and kind of figure things out for a while. And that's totally fine too. Um, but there's a difference between that player and someone who comes in who definitely knows what they're doing. Um, but you can tell right away, like their style of play is not going to match what you're trying to do to your game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so does anybody have any um I guess I don't know if I want to ask for horror stories, but uh any <laughs> any new players that came in that was a problem.
3: I try really hard to prevent that. Um I'm so I'm very it, to do a one shot, I don't almost don't care who I would do a one shot for. But to come into one of my established campaigns, that's almost sacred ground. You gotta vet that shit. I, <laughs> I've I've turned down a lot of people to play at my table. Um, it's you're someone I know to come into my, come into my table with the peop- with my close friends. I don't want you ruining their experience.
0: Uh, what is what is your vetting process then?
3: It's normally someone I know um, that. You know, we all know those people that have problems with authority or um, r- just really super flip, flippant, rules mean nothing to them, mm. whatnot. It's like you're coming in. It's like we want to have fun and whatnot. And I'm a, a rulings more than rules guy. But when I make a ruling, I don't want to spend 15 minutes with a rules lawyer arguing over what's on page
6: 129.
3: Mm. It's you made like I have a, a I have a very good DM that sits in one of my well two DMs that sit in some of my games. I don't have problems with them because it's my table. Yeah, it's my table and they don't have a problem with it. And I turn around and I play in one of those guys' games. Don't have a problem with it because it's his table. You know, the, yeah. and so it's you just I kind of front try to front load it so I don't have problems. So far it's worked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you very much establish ahead of time and then have a, a you know a pretty strict vetting uh, policy, then I would imagine hopefully that would uh, breed the fruit of not having assholes at the table. <laughs> yeah. I, I find most of my uh,
1: nightmares with new players aren't even really D D related. It's like your technology sucks, your microphone sucks, or you are you know cut you you know distracted cutting in and out um so this is specifically like playing online then yeah so this is more for playing online um and uh in my experience tabletop is i'm I'm really just kind of watching things as my kids are now dming and bringing their friends over and and that's just um I, i don't know it's uh it's it's fun to watch them but like attention spans are short you know mm-hmm. and they're talking over one another and stuff so those are like a lot of the issues that i see with new players is just you know under you know un- understanding that you can't like talk over each other simple things and yeah. and get a good microphone and and you know internet <laughs>
6: stuff
0: a lot of it may because oh. there's, you know, especially if you're playing online, there's no barriers between like, you know, a 19-year-old playing with a 56-year-old or something. And, you know, I don't want to be ageist or anything, but that can, obviously those people can certainly get along and play together, but there may be um, differing expectations and maturity levels also. And obviously you can For have somebody sure. who's 40 and has the maturity of a, you know, 12-year-old. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and that could, 11-year-olds
3: can be scary, dude. Yeah. that's That's come
4: up even at are like the game that I'm currently running where it's there's been times where like, I'll have to talk to people outside of game because I added a new person in they're younger. The group that we're playing with is a little bit older. And so I'll have to like talk to them afterwards and be like, Hey, I know your attention spans low. I know you got all these different things that are going on. <laughs> that's Don't a be that's playing a video a... game while we're playing the
6: game.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's an uncomfortable conversation.
4: Uh, it can be, but if if you're, I know your attention it, spans low. It, I'm not even
0: sure how to tell somebody that. <laughs>
4: well, just just like that, actually. Yeah. Um,
6: yeah.
4: But yeah, no, there's depending on how things go. I typically. If, if it's someone that I've never played with before or I don't know them at all, period, then I have some sort of vetting process similar to what the guys here have talked about. Um, if it's someone that I do know that I, I need more people at the table and this person I've played with in the past, then sometimes I'll give them the benefit of the doubt And sometimes if it's the wrong party composition, it doesn't matter if I've played with them in the past, it's the wrong party because it has to be the right group dynamic. And sometimes not everyone you've played with in the past matches up with every group.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true. I think that takes a very, uh, mature viewpoint to look at it too, is you may see like, Hey, I even like this person, like, you know, I, but, I don't think their personality or their way of playing, their way of playing, would necessarily mesh with this group because you know this person is more into uh, you know cutting jokes and fooling off on their phone and, and they're still fun at the table, whereas this other group is like hardcore role play, and they want to keep track of their you mm-hmm. know their rations and their wounds and all this kind of stuff. And you can see where like, man, even though I like you know person A, I don't think they would necessarily work with Group B. Which could be a tricky conversation to have with person A also. It's like, hey, I want to join your game. And you're like, I don't Sorry. think you yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that's that could be tricky. I don't I don't I'm not good with confrontation like that, so I don't know if I would even be able to to have that conversation. <laughs> Thankfully I don't have to because I can play with my same group.
4: Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm fortunately, unfortunately, whatever. I'm I don't shy away from that kind of stuff. So if, if that is the case, I just sit there and go, Hey, you know what? If I start another game, I'll let you know. And, uh, we'll, we'll include you in that one. I know. I, I think it's, I think one,
0: it's sorry. I think yeah. It's I think it's a good skill to have because you, I mean, obviously you want to be, it, it's the, it's the boss bringing the employee into his, into their office and having that Frank conversation. And you can have that conversation and still be respectful and uh and get along with the person but also you're still laying it down and saying hey you know this is how i really feel and this is the situation that you need to be aware of i think that is way i mean you go to all these reddit threads on DD, and all of them have these you know half of them are just horror stories about players and stuff and all the solutions are just like you gotta fucking talk to this person like you just gotta have that conversation (laughs) and it sucks but you do and and you do but that's one side of the of the Point. And the other side is you can have that conversation, but also still be, you know, respectful with that person. Natural. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't want to just come in there and, and say like, look, you're fucking out, you're fucking things up. <laughs> Instead, you can be like, hey, I think you're a cool person. Um, but here's what the group is really into what they're doing. And I'm not sure if, if you're into that. And, and maybe the and, you know, sometimes the per- I'm, I'm talking like I have any experience with this and I don't. Sometimes the person may be um, uh, receptive to that change. And maybe they're like, oh, oh yeah, I see, what, I see what you're saying. I can look into that. And, you know, you can evaluate that. I'm literally thinking of this like a boss, boss employee-like uh, relationship at this point. Well, Or we'll it maybe it like doesn't this. happen.
4: Because like yeah. I am new to D&D, new to Forgotten Realms, new to 5e. Yeah, new me to, too. New to Absolutely. Um, my play style as a DM is very much more of, I'm going to pull this from Grim Fairy Tales, from science fiction from references from all the pop and fantasy genres that I can pull from but it might not be perfectly aligned to what someone who really understands the lore of the game
5: like Stan. appreciates
4: so for me I'm not the best dm for certain groups and sometimes that conversation has come up as well where I I didn't cut it yeah. and it was it was a playstyle choice of they didn't enjoy how I was running the game and that's fine. Not everybody's DM is So a
0: a player came to you as the DM.
4: Well, it it was more of like, we, we were trying to figure out kind of how to make things work and how, how, uh, how to make things appropriate. And I still had to balance things for the whole party and at the end of the day eventually there was a situation where they just up and left and Mm. for me like i reached out later it was like hey you're always welcome back but outside of that like it's i i had to accept the fact that i wasn't gonna meet his expectations yeah and vice versa yeah
0: i mean happens
4: it's new players, whether they're experienced like that or whether they're brand new at the other end, like both sides, the DM will make or break the group because they're setting the cadence for what the game's going to be like. Sure.
3: Yep. That, that's a good point for especially for new players is you are setting the expectations, you know, you know, the other thing I've talked to people is session zero. Um, I like to try to play actions have consequences. I repeat that always. You can do almost anything you want. My job's to try not to say no. But my all job is also I'm gravity.
6: <laughs>
3: so, you know, um, so you can do what you can try whatever you want. You I'm just going to force the
5: <laughs> consequences.
3: Yeah. And I also try, you know, so actions have realistic consequences. So, you know, you insult a noble, you may have an assassin in your bedroom three days from now. So how you long
1: know. does it take you stand before you kill a new player's character? Like <laughs> <session> two, <laughs>
3: three? Um surely not I, one, right? I've only killed off one PC. I set a trap and oh my goodness, did they fall for it? and it 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 worked flaw it worked flawlessly it did what it wanted and i whacked their cleric and they had and he got killed by a white which means 24 hours later he's coming back as a zombie and they they passed the the religion check and they realized oh and there's no way we're three days from town oh geez there's there's no way to bring him back so that's how uh they lost their cleric. But they were level um, level five when that happened.
1: So I bring so, that up because my uh,
3: I'm not going to I'm not going to whack a level one. I'll I'll answer the question. My brother,
1: <laughs> my brother, uh, and this guy. I mean, this unfortunately a kid. I mean, it was me and my sons and their friend. My brother was DMing, and it was uh, on the mountain, you know, and uh, and this kid just went off on his own and. And got killed like <laughs> two. I think it was the second session. Um, and he was brand new, and I felt bad because, and you could see afterwards like he was just so stunned that his character died, and then he didn't play anymore after that. Oh so, no! That's like I feel bad. Like that was his experience. You know, that was his experience. Um. So, like in hindsight, I I just think like you gotta pull punches. to some degree with new players or you can totally turn them off the game. And I feel like that is like, as a DM, I feel like that's, that's a sin. Young, young players too, especially young players, you know? So, so that it's painful for me to think about that, but whether young or or old, like pull some punches, you know, don't be like Jordan and killing them off in the first couple (laughs) of sessions.
6: (laughs)
3: at least introduce them to the song uh, Don't torture them (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: their fingers off
3: unless you're playing like a roguelike Dumb Ways to Die at least introduce them to that you know so they hear the song Dumb Ways to Die
4: yep I know the
1: song (laughs) Yep. Uh, but I like what um, I'm sorry if that was Corey I think think you said it or maybe it was Stan about like I'm gravity like having that conversation with them and your actions have consequences I, I think that's really important for a new player to hear because you want it to... You, you know, you, you don't want them to have this, like, new person armor where they're untouchable be, just because they're new. But... Um, they this wanna, isn't an
4: anime where you're a main yeah. character with plot armor. <laughs>
1: yeah, but you also want to... I mean, you also want to realize as a DM that maybe they're just have no idea what they're doing, and Lighten up the consequences a little bit, you know. Don't just straight up kill them,
0: and and might not know the full consequences. Like, yeah. I, you you could throw like a dragon in there, and you're like, you think it's a you know role playing encounter, and the one character and the one character just keeps on antagonizing, antagonizing. And you're like, all right, look, the, the dragon just like flicks afflicts uh, a nail and knocks you backwards, and you take a bunch of damage. You know that that gets the. I think the message across versus, all right, the dragon reaches over and bites your head off. You're gone. Give me your character sheet. (laughs) Like there's there's a way to handle that situation. I think. Yep. All right. Uh, are we up to our final thoughts on using new players and how to handle them in our D and D games? We're going to go in reverse order this time. Although since, uh, worry i think you changed your name you're at the top now so i'm going to use you yeah <laughs> <worry about> that. <laughs> no now you, you've won the award of going first for final thoughts on using oh, good. new player. yeah
2: <laughs> well I, I don't have a lot of experience with new players like i said the last one was several years ago um have I did you also have been blessed with from... a
0: with the same group to play with
2: yeah so it's been a, the same core group of guys since Oh geez! what since I was sixteen, so i'm forty five now, so it's been a, we've been playing together a long oh, time. hashtag goals. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, we, we lose people now and then, which is why we try try out new people, but it doesn't work all that well. Um, another one of my uh, newer trying to teach people playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons with my two oldest sons. I tried playing with them and one of their cousins uh on a camping trip. And they seem to take to it, but uh, I don't think they liked me being the uh, DM very much. Um, my sons are still quite interested in Dungeons & Dragons, but they don't have a lot of interest in me running the sessions. Hmm. Um, my my oldest son played uh, through school. There was a Dungeons & Dragons group at school, and he quite likes the sessions that are in person, but when we switched to the Roll20 for the COVID compilation, um he's not interested anymore he he prefers the in-person style ah. uh whereas my young my youngest son is has a group that plays also through the school and they're exclusively role 20 and he quite enjoys it so i mean it's it's a brand new world out here with being able to play with whoever you want whenever you want yeah um yeah but uh, like i said i don't have a whole lot of experience with new people but uh Interesting.
0: I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, Fireworks Factory, give me your thoughts on final thoughts on uh, new players at the table.
2: For new
0: players at the table, whether they are new to the game or just
5: new to the party, uh, bottom line for both would be being patient. So, whether it's for those who are new to the game, trying to understand the rules or just being comfortable with role playing or those that are new to the party just understanding uh how they play the game, how they see the game, being patient with uh, both of those categories I think is the the
0: the biggest final thought that I can think of. Yeah, for sure. I mean that patience should definitely be a part of a DM's repertoire, but especially with newer players involved. Uh Jordan, final thoughts on new players. Um, if they're new, give them the full experience.
4: Um, Sure, pull punches for the beginning, but read the room and see what they're comfortable with. And when you're helping them build their character, which can be intimidating by itself, ask them questions of what they think their characters like so that you can feed into that as you're doing your prep. That way you can get them to come back and back because you have a better understanding of what they're envisioning that both experienced and brand new alike so that one-on-one communication with players when they're new to your group is so important both in and outside of game
0: yeah for sure uh very good stan final thoughts on new players
3: um set and manage expectations um, you know, it's that session zero thing of this is what uh, the campaign's about. This is the way I run a table. Um, these are the things I need from you. These are the things you can expect from me.
0: Good point. Expectations are extremely important uh, for, because uh, every group is different and they're, especially with the example of the uh, the person coming in from critical role, uh, you know, from watching those may have expectations one way versus somebody who was watching, You know, a hardcore combat simulator, or you know, whatever in between. uh, Through no fault of anyone else's, just their their expectations gonna be far different than what they're gonna see at that table. Tiny, you have the honor of being the final of the final thoughts. Yeah, I guess I'll I'll uh,
1: end where I started. Is even with a brand spanking new player, you give them time, you be patient, but you know. At some point, if it's a constant headache, they're not getting it. Technology isn't working for them. Things like that. Um, you know, you gotta be kind of humble in a way and be like, because it's not working for you. And if it's not working for you, then it's ruining your experience, and and that ruins it for everybody else. So, you gotta give them the lovingly give them the boot. Uh, if it's just not working out,
6: and be open to that.
1: So, Excellent but point. give it more time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad all of you were here to discuss that because I don't have a whole lot of experience using new players, except when I was also a new DM. Uh, but everything here sounds extremely well thought out and well reasoned. Having patience with new players, um, you know, being able to have those one-on-one conversations, being able to um, vet people maybe beforehand uh to make sure they would fit at your table but also you know being welcoming with them for you know the purposes of using like a one-shot or something just so you can see like you know how are you you know even though i really like you as a person you know maybe you're we'll see how we match up with this you know kind of a style versus how i want to run the game versus how you want to play the game kind of a thing and we even talk about something like you know maybe you could help uh, you know recommend certain uh classes for example, to, for D&D 5e, in terms of, um, you know, these classes might be a little more user-friendly or intuitive than other classes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe if somebody doesn't want to worry about the difference between a long rest or a short rest, something, then don't worry about short rest classes. Or if somebody doesn't want to, you know, cast spells, then, you know, there's good classes don't have to worry about that, so.
3: That's an excellent point.
0: Yeah. There's, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of classes I wouldn't necessarily, um, you know, run it, of, um, completely new players for example but um I, I think 5e is remarkably well created and crafted for new players it's very intuitively designed it doesn't have a lot of you know tricky modifiers to worry about the character sheet's pretty well laid out like advantage disadvantage is a very easy system in terms of you just re- you know roll or reroll inspiration is great like 5e has so many good tools to make it welcoming for new players that um, it's part of the reason it's been so successful. And I think that, you know, as uh, DMs, we can certainly help foster that growth and uh, invite people to the table while at the same time, making sure that they can fit at our tables. Yep. All right. I think that will do it for this month's DM roundtable. Thank you to the Fireworks Factory, Jordan, Stan, Corey, and Tiny for joining me for this months dm roundtable and thank you to all the wonderful patrons shoutouts to platinum patrons joe will tiny dancer wizard princess christopher thomas captain mike adam aiden stan nathan alex chad alexander dan cam and the quiz at hadarak and gold patrons RBG paper crafts pretty boy and yuma dead lizard lounge sam Ross, lumpy spuds drome scalenia nick farty mick butterpants blood angel varonis baboon baboon and nathan fast like a tortoise and james thank you all very much for your support See Bye. you all next month for some more DM Roundtable ins. <laughs> See you later. See you. Right.
6: <laughs> Bye.